Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we create conversation and community among real people about everyday issues. This is a place for you to hear truth, connect with others, and find answers to your questions. Here's your host, Alan Reed. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Talk. We're so glad that you joined us today as we are wrapping up our series on serving uh, in the month of November. Uh, we've chosen this theme because I think it's just so easy uh, during uh, the holiday season to uh, let uh, the holiday season just overtake the real heart of, of what we're trying to do here. Uh, shopping, going to office parties, attending kids functions, and uh, splitting time between parents and grandparents. That's what my holiday season looks like. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but we just want to put it back on Christ and on what he taught and led us to do and to be all about. And I just love this passage that we've chosen as our theme. Uh, The Apostle Paul was the one who said this. It comes out of Acts chapter 20. He said, in everything that I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help others in need. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And it's so easy for this holiday season to be about gifts, about um, fun, and, and enjoying seeing family. And it ought to be about that. But, um, but it's my hope that all of us would be reminded that we have an opportunity uh, during this season Uh, to be able to give ourselves away and to be able to bless other people. And so with that, uh, this series has been all about highlighting uh, ministries in Northwest Arkansas, getting to know about those ministries and the people behind those ministries. And so before we do that today, I just want to remind those of you that are watching, uh, please like, subscribe, share, and follow us on whatever platform that you're using. Uh, Feel free to hit that like button, Uh, share the content if you find it encouraging or you think it might inspire somebody. And we Thank you for partnering with us in that way. Uh, so to get started, I want to introduce you all to Natalie Tibbs, who's on the show. Thank you for joining us, Natalie. Uh, she is the executive director of both the Children's Advocacy Center and Restoration Village. And so, Natalie, uh, why don't you just start off by just sharing with us a little bit about yourself? Well, Alan, thank you so much for having me on, and I'm excited to share about the ministries we have going on here in Benton County, and uh, love to share. I am married to a retired now fireman, and we together have seven children, ranging from old to two. (laughs) So we are busy. Um, We have a son who's about to head off to the Air Force and incredibly proud of him. And then we recently added to our family um, adopting a two-year-old and who's not, well, now she's three. She just turned three. And then um, we have her brother and we've had him since birth, but just adding those two to the Tibbs team has been a journey, but also incredibly joyous journey. And it's awesome. um, So out of the seven kids, two of them have been adopted. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. That's awesome. That's great. Um, Tell me a little bit about your background. We're going to talk about some ministries here in a minute, but I know that, um, you know, you didn't start off doing this, right? Uh, Tell, you know, what was your life after college and what did you start off doing career wise and how did you get involved in, in working with these two ministries? Well, life after college went straight into the nonprofit world. And so I think it really backs up to being a six-year-old little girl Mm. moving from a single dwelling household of a mom, dad, and me and a few of my siblings from Tulsa, Oklahoma into a women's shelter and basically being raised living in this women's shelter where ministry wasn't something my parents went and did somewhere else 
we literally lived in it every wow. single day and becoming the rebellious teenager saying, absolutely not. Am I going to do anything with this to going to nursing school, not even wanting to be a nurse at the time. So I didn't really know what I was doing. And then finding myself to be one of the first sexual assault nurse examiners full time that was certified in um, pediatrics, adolescents, as well as adults at a very young age and learning this is my calling. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be and serving people who are impacted by trauma. And um, so then furthering my education later to better serve. Yeah, that's amazing. One, I have a wife who is a nurse and now a nurse practitioner and a daughter who just graduated. To not know for sure what you want to do and to accomplish a nursing degree is quite a feat. So uh, that tells me that you're a hard worker. You have to be studious, as you know, to get a nursing degree. So uh, that's amazing. So so part, part of your story is your family moving here to start Restoration Village. Exactly. And you said that you grew up being a part of this home. I guess, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, you know, it's going from sharing my family with just my siblings to now we're welcoming our home to strangers and living in a a 10,000 square foot, what we call the main lodge. So we had just little family quarters uh, in the top floor in the corner, but we opened it to women and children in crisis. So many of these women and children had experienced sexual abuse, physical abuse, homelessness, just some really difficult things. So at such a young age, I was being exposed to some of the really hard things Um, in this world and not realizing that that anything different, you know, that was just my life and what I was um, introduced to. And so at a young age thinking I'm going to be a counselor and I want to help people who've been impacted by trauma and writing about sexual assault in Mm. journal entries. You know, most children don't know about that, but I didn't know because I experienced it personally. Um, but I had experienced it just by being exposed to it. And, um, and initially, you're like, this is not what I want to do with my life. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm living here. I'm forced to be involved, you know, and maybe I'm sure that you cared for those ladies that were coming in and out. But at first it didn't sound like that was really a desire. Um, but no, I definitely wanted nothing to do with it. Um, I actually kept telling my parents, I'm moving to New York and uh-huh. I want yeah. nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, but then at the age of 18, just ha- experiencing some really hard life experiences mm-hmm. um, that were unexpected, yeah. you know, being Uh, coming from a good family, going to church growing up, you know, I had assumed that that meant you were exempt from experiencing hard things. And um, when that changed, and then it was more about, okay, God, what's the story here? And, you know, instead of asking, why would you let this happen? Uh It's, well, why not? And um, allowing you to mold, continue to mold my story and mold my journey and how I can use this um, in my life. And that was when I had um, my, our son, Isaiah, mm-hmm. who's now headed into the Air Force, but just having to make some difficult decisions there. And then also, how is God going to use that? And um, getting accepted into nursing school is no small feat, as right. you mentioned. Yep. And, but knowing as a single mom, I wanted to give him a good life and getting exposed to what was just opening as the Child Advocacy Center of Benton County in that its main premise was to respond to abuse and most of the children experiencing sexual abuse. And I I wanted to be a part of that and um, just be there for children in a moment where they felt most vulnerable 
and um, just very alone just to um, to be a voice for them. So our mission at the Children's Advocacy Center is empowering children to find their voice mm-hmm. and helping them to feel safe, to feel heard, to feel valued. Um, I knew that was a mission I could easily sign on to that. Yeah, wow. So uh, which one came first? Was it Restoration Village or was it the Children Advocacy Center? Restoration Village was founded first okay. and it was founded out of my parents working as CASA advocates, so court-appointed special advocates okay. and getting exposed to child abuse and neglect through that format, but then leading a single parent group in Tulsa and seeing how many women and children needed extra support. So they came here to found the long-term women and children shelter that is Restoration Village yeah. over 30 years ago. But then in serving them at the shelter, realizing we had a really ineffective response to child abuse. So as these women were telling about their own experiences of experiencing child abuse and how they told their story and nobody listened or Mm. they told their story and nothing happened or they never told their story because they never felt safe knowing that we, they were starting to see the cycle of abuse. And so where these women had experienced it, now their children are experiencing it, whether it's from the same abuser or someone else, because mom wasn't able to get the help that she needed. They just realized we've got to do more to prevent this and to keep it from being long-term impact. And so they opened the child advocacy center in 2000. Wow. And it was the second one in the state of Arkansas to serve children impacted by trauma. Wow. Um, let's talk a little bit about the practicality of what it looks like within that ministry. So um, you are connected with a, a young mom who's gone through a real trial, has a child uh, with her or a couple of children with her. Um, what would it look like for them to come uh, into your ministry and what are the practical things that happen and uh, how do you help them Um, and how long of a period does it take? I'm sure it's different for every person, but if you can just share a little bit about what are the things that you guys do for them? Mm. Obviously, you're providing them a home. Absolutely. Yeah. So every single day, our agency is getting a phone call, whether it's from a mother in need or from a local agency Mm -hmm. that's aware of a situation that is unsafe, asking if we have any shelter. And what's hard is having to say no. Our focus isn't to serve as many people as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Not that we wouldn't want to do that, but we want to make sure we do it well. And so quality of care is really our focus. And so we intentionally keep our census low because it's also long term. You You just don't heal from trauma in a matter of a few days. And in saying that long-term care also has to be very comprehensive and holistic trauma impacts the body in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about removing oneself from a crisis situation because that alone creates its own crisis. And so just really finding stability for the woman, for the child, Mm -hmm. um, trying to help both heal at the same time is complicated because they're both experiencing the same situation in very different ways. And so providing them ongoing advocacy support, which connects them to ongoing services, whether it's helping them find a job, helping them get their education. We had a woman who just graduated from the program and part of her, uh, needs and goals was just even learning how to drive. Those were, those were independent, activities that she didn't have the ability to do beforehand. So Restoration Village was able to provide staff to help uh, create what we call an individualized goal plan. And 
it's on average, a stay would probably be around a year. Mm -hmm. They can be smaller than that. They can be longer than that. It really just depends on the individual. Um, But definitely counseling. We have 70 acres out in Little Flock, and I believe God's beauty does so much restoration for Mm -hmm. our soul. And one of the reasons why we call it Restoration Village, but just being able to go outside. We have several enrichment activities that we connect them to. We have equine therapy there on our property. Just Mm -hmm. the basis of both agencies is to try to bring as many resources to the ones who need it, instead of mm-hmm. having to send them to multiple different locations. It sounds amazing. Uh, it sounds overwhelming when I'm thinking about <laughs> what you guys are doing. It's no small feat. It's not like, I think I want to help some people today, and <laughs> I'm going to choose this people group, yeah. and I'm just going to dive in. It takes professional training. It takes yeah. resources. It is uh, What you're doing sounds very hard. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of blown away and amazed at what you're doing and and how you're doing that. Um, you know, you've already shared a little bit about what sparked the desire, you know, you saw it as a child, you had your own life experiences Mm -hmm. and, um, and God placed you in front of uh, this ministry for a while and in a way has uniquely shaped you. Uh, to be able to do that. So uh, as the executive director, do you find yourself spending most of your time in the details of those ministries or is it more uh, out front um, kind of being an advocate for the people that you're caring for? It is definitely a process, a process that has evolved over time. And so starting out what I would call in the trenches Mm -hmm. and working the front lines with those working directly with the family, I believe it's truly what's given me perspective and Mm -hmm. I would have it no other way. And I really, I miss that. I miss being able to serve the children and the women directly. But my role today is to support the people who do it Mm -hmm. and to empower the next advocates and counselors and nurses and leaders Mm -hmm. as we um, look to do this in transformative ways in 2021. And so it's very much strategic. It's casting vision. Um, I'm a big picture person. Details Mm -hmm. are actually not my strength. So I'm thankful for team members who can help me with those details and just um, truly being a community advocate. Um, I believe in the mission and I want to ensure that everyone in the community knows that we all have a duty to protect children. And it's not just those people's children, it's all of our children and it's Mm -hmm. the children our children hang out with and um, play sports on teams with and go to school. And um, we all have a role in protecting them and providing a safe community for them. And so I hope if anything, I'm an advocate for promoting that within any circle that I'm in. I'm just imagining that there could be um, someone listening to this, a young person, a teenager, a young adult. Just yesterday I had a talk with a young lady who's perfectly considering being a summer missionary, helping out um, uh, one of our church plants. And and I know that she's going into a degree that's more towards social work. She wants to kind of take her faith and put it, uh, do something very practical that she can use Mm. uh, one day. And so... For someone who's listening, who are like, who's like, I would love to be a part of something like this. It's not something that you just can jump into. It doesn't sound like and just become a volunteer. There's some equipping, training. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe would one day want to come on staff at Restoration Village and and be a counselor or someone that would assist? 
I would be real in saying that there are more days that you feel defeated um, than you feel like you're actually making difference because when you're working literally in the ashes of with someone who's experienced trauma, it's it's messy and it's hard. And that's why one of our core values is grit because the work that we're doing today may not have fruits until a year from now or even beyond that. And, you know, honestly was just working um, and talking with one of our residents as a leader, I still believe it's important to have a relationship, especially with the women and children that are in our shelter. So I was talking with one of the moms and uh, she was very angry at the way we were handling some things and holding individuals accountable, accountable who have experienced trauma is really hard because we understand why they make poor choices, but yet we can't let them use that as their crutch. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, you're going to hate me today, or you're going to hate our organization today, but a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you might call me and say, it's because of that love injustice that I am where I am today and that my kids are safe. And I would rather make the hard decisions today because I know what it can do for you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so having, doing this job without faith, in my opinion, is impossible um, because we truly believe in that this is Jesus's work and we're just here being his hands and feet and doing hard work because at the, it, the, the story is his and the justice truly is his yeah. and we'll never be able to comprehend why anybody would want to hurt a child, why anybody would want to cause harm to another individual. We're not meant to understand that because um, we're human ourselves. And, um, but that's where we have faith that what we're doing today is building his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage anyone who says, I want to get into social work. I want to make a difference for people. It's the small things. You have yeah. to celebrate the small victories. You have to know that, Hey, that mom talked to me today, or I was able to get this child connected to this really difficult resource. Mm-hmm. That's the win and celebrate those small things with the team. We've also learned graduating straight from college right into this work Mm -hmm. is hard. Gaining experience is really important. Just even working with families. uh, We try not to expose them to too much, but it's the reality is this is hard work and there's no sugarcoating that. Um, It is ministry. It is, um, it is doing incredible work that the rewards aren't here Mm. even. Yeah. I'm looking up a passage of scripture as you're talking that uh, has meant a lot to me over the years. And uh, I want to read it here. It's probably a a verse that you may be familiar with. Um, This was Jesus read this out of a scroll right as he was beginning his ministry. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to preach um, good news to the poor. Um, He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted uh, to proclaim freedom for the captives and yep. release from darkness for those who are imprisoned, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil yep. of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That just sounds so much like the work you guys are doing. Absolutely. My favorite part of the whole passage says they, so these people who are broken, I think of these ladies that you're ministering to, the children that you're ministering to, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the the Lord for the display of his splendor. Um, You know, we're a reflection of the ladies and the kids that you're ministering to. We're all broken. They've gone through a unique, um, 
unique experience that in many ways is much worse than what most of us have gone through. But the same God that has restored us and that has impacted our life is the same God that is doing that in their lives. Exactly. And, um, man, the ministry that you guys are doing, uh, it doesn't sound easy, but it sounds really important. And yeah. I, I thank you for what you're doing in regards yeah. to that. Thank you. You know, I think it's key that none of these women or children asked for that. They didn't yeah. ask for this to be their life. They don't yeah. want to live at a shelter. They don't want to need the resources that we're offering them. And, um, and I, I, I appreciate so much that you reflected we're all broken. Yep. We just have different needs yep. and um, a different level of brokenness. And so uh, I never want for the people we're serving to think they're any different or less than because mm-hmm. um, we all need Jesus and we all need someone to just walk alongside us. And, um, so if we get to be part of these individuals village, like I consider that a huge honor and privilege. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for a community. Northwest Arkansas is a very giving, uh, very passionate community. And I appreciate when they recognize there's needs, they rally around those needs to help empower these women. And that's our mission is restoring lives of women and children impacted by trauma. I mean, that whole process of restoration, um, it's only possible because of Jesus, um, but it's because other people choose to say yes. Amen. Well, um, I I briefly went to your website and I agree. I love to see that uh, many in our community corporations I think I saw one church that's sponsoring you guys financially. I'd love to see more that would get involved in something like that. There may be more. I'm not going to ask you to tell me, you know, what's happening there, but, um, but you are doing the Lord's work. And, uh, if, uh, if a church or any organization would like to participate, uh, and then if any individual, you know, share with us how they can do that financially. And if there are others that just like, is there anything else I can do? Uh, uh, we can pray for you. Is there anything practical? Come clean up the grounds or what, what are some things that, um, that you can point people to where they can help support yeah. what you're doing? Well, the easy answer is yes to all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, being at the end of the year for a nonprofit, especially second year of COVID, yeah. we can't do our fundraising events the way that we've done them in the past. Right. And so um, our fundraising has had to look drastically different okay. and pivoting at the last minute is always hard. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, really it is contributions. It is yep. the community that has made us even here today. Yep. Uh, grants are great, but those come and go. There's no heart behind that. There's no relationship behind a grant. We would much rather an individual to see the impact of their giving. And so end of year giving kicks off right now for nonprofits. So both the children's mm-hmm. advocacy center and restoration village, both have an end of year, uh, giving campaign, Mm-hmm. But we it, it, we believe that there are three things somebody can give. And that's their time, yep. their skills, yep. and their money. And um, the the children and the women served by both agencies are impacted greatly by all of those. I mentioned seventy acres. There's plenty of trees to clean right. up leaves. There's a lot of leaves on the ground Some right hands, now. <laughs> someone that has that likes to get their hands dirty, yes. they can come help out. Some. Yes, but we even look for um, mentors okay. for our women. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ha- again building that village and that community for them. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas. We offer Christmas gifts. Um, sometimes this is the very first Christmas that a child has ever experienced the way that many of us take for granted. Mm. And so there's a way to sponsor a family for Christmas. One of the big things we've got going on, if, if we're going to say that we restore dignity into the lives of women and children, we also wanted to do that with our spaces as well. 
Restoration Village is a 50 plus year old building. It's a little right. on the uh, needing some love side. Okay. And so we have been on a what we call a restoring dignity campaign of just our grounds and our facility remodeling spaces so that when we're welcoming home a mom and mm-hmm. a child, they're coming to a space that feels safe and it feels comfortable. Just a fresh coat of paint, some fresh bedding, uh, something new to them is, is it really does mm-hmm. so much for restoring that soul. Yep. And so there's opportunities for individuals, families, churches, businesses to sponsor through in that way. And there's a lot of just small groups. So whether it's a small or large, we have a couple of our life groups here at FBC who are coming out just to decorate the house for Christmas, which I think is awesome because we all decorate our homes. Why not one where a lot of people are living? That's awesome. And I just pulled up your website um, and Tell me if I get this right. It looks like it's just restorationvillage.net. That's so very easy. They can go there. They can find out ways that they want to financially support. Um, is there a place for them to go to if they just said, hey, I'd love to volunteer, help out. Is there a way to do that? Or would it be best for them to do that through our church and we connect you guys that way? There should be a way in our website to connect um, if they are interested in volunteering or the, mm-hmm. my email contact information is on our website if they're um, having any trouble finding anything, they can email me directly. They can call our agency directly. Okay. And then the Children's Advocacy Center, though co-housed on the same property, okay. that website is different. And so CAC Benton Co. is the website there. And again, right. volunteer um, ways to give are all listed out on the website too. Wonderful. We'll make sure to have a kind of a closing screen with that contact information on there as well. So people can see that. And uh, I just pray that the Lord blesses you guys at the end of this year to meet your financial goals and uh, that you're able to connect with some more people in the community that will want to join and be a part of what you're doing. So thank you for what you're doing. And I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that God uh, provides people who are equipped to be able to do this sort of thing. And so a pastor sometimes has a big heart, but we don't always have the, uh, you know, the, the education to do what you guys are doing. But the great thing is that like you said before, Jesus is the one that does the work right. and he's using you guys for it. So thank you for that. And uh, it's it's an honor to be able to meet you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone else, thank you for watching and uh, or listening, being a part of what we're doing. And uh, we would love for you to prayerfully consider being a, a part, partnering with them in some way. If, uh, if you'd like to do that, feel free to reach out to us. Or you can, again, go to their website and find more information about that. Uh, as always, if you know somebody that you think that might be encouraged or might be inspired by listening to this, uh, don't hesitate to share that with them. And uh, like our content, as you know, uh, it takes partners like you to help us to to reach those who are out there that aren't listening right now. And uh, we just uh, definitely want to always point people to Jesus and to point people to others who are doing uh, the work of Christ in our community. So again, thank you for joining us. Have a great day.